Hello, welcome to The Jarek Show. Welcome to The Jarek Show, featuring your hosts, Javad Malik and Eric Krohn. Timely topics, poorly presented. What was that, Javad? Oh my gosh. Well, anyways, uh, obviously he's uh, having some sort of a, a a crisis or meltdown right now, or or maybe he just doesn't know what he's doing. I'm not really sure at this point, but we do maybe miss him. I don't know. But I'm here to fill the gap and be brilliant without him. What I would hate to do is to see him added to the stream without knowing. Oh. Oh, there you are. Oh, hi, Javad. Hi, hi. So how was your... Good to see you back from Black Hat and DEF CON and B-Sides. Yeah, and, um, and all of the things in Vegas that all, week. All of Vegas. How, yeah. how was that, Eric? You know what? It was pretty good. Um, you know, it's been down a little bit, obviously, since COVID. And you saw my recap a, a year or two ago, like where it was just... It was a ghost town, man. There was like a foosball table in the middle of like... 500 square feet of floor right just like it's picked up now um we were there with the company you know and uh we had a 2000 square foot booth which was insane um so 40 foot by 50 foot and all kinds of stuff going on lots more people there people are starting to come back got to see a lot of people i'll say this um now you've been to defcon before right yeah Okay, so one of the key things about DEF CON is always like badge life, right? So the cool badges and stuff you get at DEF CON and the price keeps going up on DEF CON. Okay, cool. And now it's kind of spread out. But the badges, like I brought my computer and all that kind of stuff to, to hack the badges. Uh, my daughter actually went with me. She just graduated high school and, and she's interested in cyber and she loves doing like CTF. So we were going to hack the badges. And um, what we got was this it's a chunk of plastic there is nothing electronic about this thing what's worse is if you didn't pre-order like you didn't sign up through black hat they were kind of like paper hmm. and they were absolute garbage they have this piece here that you can slide stuff in like um jonathan singer uh florida man he made a sao you know the crappy yeah. add-on um, that slides in there, but there was like a piece of paper and there was a code in there. It was really disappointing from that standpoint. Mm. Like, we were all excited to do that. Nothing there. So that that's a, a whine and cry. If you look at the DEF CON feedback, there's a lot of that. Plus, on one of the evenings there, I think it was Friday night, might have been Saturday, they had a uh, um, they had an evacuation. It was a suspicious package that they had to end up evacuating the whole area and getting everybody out. So like a bunch of the people that were supposed to do music, DJs and stuff like that that were there, they didn't get a chance to do it, which kind of sucked. Um, so, you know, there were some issues like that, but ultimately got to see a lot of cool people, nice people. Black Hat again was big. Um, and this year I had a full show pass so i could go to all the sessions and stuff and i think i made it to one because you know how it is when we're there we're running around we're doing yeah. interviews we're we're doing all that kind of stuff i did give out a number of copies of our book 
Javad, which we Ooh. need to promote more and more. Folks, if you're watching the show right now, this is a great time to go out to Amazon and get our book. Nothing from you? Come on, man. Where's the help? Oh, yeah. No, if other podcasts want to have us on and discuss the, or give a cheap <laughs> plug to the book while we discuss interesting topics with you, please get in touch with yeah. my PA, Eric Crone. <laughs> Eric K at nobefore.com. Thanks. It, anyway. it was, I did miss you though, man. We, we have a lot of fun when we end up there together. Unfortunately, nothing. Yeah. You know, I, I wish I could say I have as much fun with you, but you know, I know, but the judge said, if I, if I, if I just help you around a few more times, <laughs> that will do up my community hours service. And then I'll get like a little, like, you know, contributions, like helping old ladies cross the road uh, is worth five points and helping Eric at a conference is worth 50. So, well, I'm pretty fine. sure I saw somewhere a video of you looking terrified while you were paragliding. Is is that right? Like I you said, forget week. all this stuff. I'm going to go have fun. I'm going to go on a holiday. <laughs> yes, I went on a holiday while you were in Vegas getting COVID. And uh, it was brilliant because I was in a remote part, part of Switzerland where no one, hardly anyone else was around. There was no pollution whatsoever. You know, at nighttime, I would sit there. You, the stillness was just amazing. And mm. it, it's just like there's no light pollution. There's no air pollution. You look up into the sky and it feels like you're in one of those IMAX cinemas. It's like I can't actually remember seeing ever so many stars and the Milky Way just like since I was maybe a kid or something. It's just amazing how living in a big city like London, you, you just get used to the pollution and, and the noise and the light and the air quality and everything. And so, you know, if it wasn't so expensive, I would just like move there in a heartbeat. <laughs> you know, it, it is kind of an important point though, that we talk about on occasion, but still not enough. And that is sometimes we have to take time for ourselves mm -hmm. to do stuff like that. Like we work hard in this industry and a lot of people forget to take care of themselves and do stuff to, you know, get some other experiences and have fun like that. We all get mired down in the work and we don't want to take any time off because nobody else can do this or take care of that or I'm the only one. But you yeah. know what? That's the kind of stuff that really grinds people up. I, I, I love that what some person's out of office. I can't remember whether it was like someone in Amazon or something. And he's like, you know, they or, or she, they, they said that I'm out of the office for, for a week. If one of my... 2000 other colleagues can't assist you then then, then please wait or something like that it's just like there are so yeah. many other people out there but um speaking of anyway uh we're, we're getting a bit lost Let, let's are. move on to the stories um people put stuff into the cloud because oh. then they think hey secure because cloud i know it's not a complete truth but that's what a lot of people think. They think like, okay, we don't have to worry about patching. We don't have to worry about the infrastructure security. We don't have to worry about backups. backups. And then something like this happens where a Danish cloud host, uh, and they got hit by ransomware. Apparently, they were doing a data center migration or something like that. And who knows, in the process... They got infected by ransomware and uh, customers have lost 
all their data, including the backups. Yeah, they, they said the primary and secondary backup systems were were hit. Um, there's a lot to learn from this. <laughs> I don't know if you want to unpack it first. Um, what I'm learning from this is I think if I was one of those customers, I'd be looking at a class action against those data center providers. And that could have potentially knock-on effects to other service providers. You're going to see like other ones getting hit by third-party assurance stuff hard. And, and the thing is that these weren't small providers. They had a lot of stuff in place. But then what do you do? It would be interesting to see if insurance plays a part. It would be interesting to say if some of those customers maybe lose their business altogether. Maybe, maybe they have to shut down or something. I don't know what systems they're relying on or what have you. But it's a it's a huge, huge um, attack. Yeah. And, you know, we, we do trust cloud to do a lot of things. But this is a lesson in how important it is to have your own backups. And for this organization, why didn't they have immutable backups? Backups that were off the wire, things that were not accessible from the network. That's that's part of the three, two, one, you know, backup strategy that's been around since, you know, we, we were hunting dinosaurs, basically. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> you know, this is not something new. And an organization of this size and this magnitude to not have that in place, I mean, the impact that this is going to have on all of these different people that that they host for. Again, some responsibility goes towards the organizations themselves who should be doing their own backups. I mean, maybe they paid for a service for backups from the, the ISP here. I don't know. But even if you're doing that, you really need to take your own destiny in your own hands. You know what I mean? Um, we've seen bad stuff happen when MSPs get hit and then their customers all get nailed and even the backups that the MSP was doing for the customers get encrypted. I mean, you would think that we would be ahead of this by now. Unfortunately, I don't know if it's shortcuts or people just not thinking about it or just arrogant um, about the fact that it can't happen to them and they can handle it. I don't know, but this is a lesson in in bad practices, honestly. It sure is. It sure is. And uh, they, should, they should be smarter about this. And I know you're speaking of smartness. You're not the smartest of people, but you do make up quite a lot by using a lot of smart devices around your house to yeah. compensate. True now, story. do you have any TP-Link smart devices, namely bulbs? Because they can let hackers steal your Wi-Fi password. Ooh. Ooh, I don't have any TP-Link stuff. No. Um, I, I actually don't think I have any smart bulbs around, to be honest with you. I have lots of other smart things that most of them are stuff that I make, um, you know, because I'm I'm a gadget guy. But, you know, I, I, I read this story, and it is it is something to think about. The reason I like this story was so many smart devices are being dropped in homes, right? And some of the guidance on here is make sure that it's uh, that IoT devices are on their own network. <laughs> yeah. How many people in their homes are going to isolate networks like that? It's not going to happen, right? Yeah. If this is a commercial thing, awesome, great. But we can't be putting that onus on the people 
um, we need to be making these a little more secure. Now, TP-Link has released some patches. If we look down at the bottom, it's kind of like which versions and which regions are patched. There we go. Um, some of them are, are releasing, fully released, uh, so on and so forth. <laughs> Strongly considering fixing, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, but these devices are becoming so prevalent in businesses and in homes. When you have something like this, it's a problem. Now, I'll say this. The big line there was they can steal your Wi-Fi password. I mean, is that is that really a thing? threat in most cases you know if somebody gets my home wi-fi password they then now have to be within 100 yards of my house or 50 yards of my house in order to yeah. uh, to do anything yeah. with that but it's still it's still a consideration right if, if you think that it could be a targeted attack and there will be more attacks like this in the future Oh, a QR I'm, link scan. I'm, I'm just clicking through to see how what their update process is like, and because because they said like update your bulbs, and I was like just curious, like how do you update a bulb? So it's through the app. Apparently, you go in the app, and then you yeah, it's usually icon. it's usually fairly easy to do these now. Well, they do yeah, over the air updates yeah, and they, stuff like that. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. They, so. Kudos to to these IoT vendors coming out with easier ways to do that. And sometimes even the app will pop up and say, hey, you got something that needs updating. Do you want to do it now? Yeah. Great. Yeah. But you know, but, a lot of these times, like, I mean, you have to install an app for everything you have yeah. now anyway. Yeah. And that's cool. But then a lot of times with IoT devices, especially, they're just like set and forget. Like yeah. a lot of times people just set them up, they set up their routines and what have you and all their keywords and triggers and that's it. They don't yep. need. So the next time you go into the app, it's like, oh, the app needs updating. You're three versions behind and this yeah. and that and that. And then like, you know, it's it's easy to miss. But I agree. It's not like a major, major risk for, for most people. But it is a one of those things that where you can use it to gain a foothold into a network or something. And especially if it's a business premises or what have you. Yep. And a lesson of things to watch out for. A lesson in things to watch out for. So before we jump on to the next story, a quick word from our sponsor. Um, no, we don't have a sponsor. We, but if, you say, want we have a sponsor? <laughs> if you want to sponsor this podcast, please get in touch with my PA, Eric Crone, Eric K at nobefore.com, and uh, he can discuss the financials with you. <laughs> You're killing me, Smalls. Anyway. <laughs> Are you ever going to stop trying to convince people I'm your PA? It, there's nothing, no convincing needed. Is a commonly accepted fact. <laughs> well, it's you know more... what? Should we should we spill the beans on December? No, no. Um, okay. So when you think of high, when you think of big ransomware groups like Lapsus, for example, uh, you think of all the headlines about oh, yeah. them: highly sophisticated nation state. Oh yeah, organized crime. Probably ex-black ops people that have got like at least 12 kills under their belt. <laughs> yeah. You know, rugged yeah. mercenaries. They're gonna like, you know, nothing's nothing's too difficult for them. Yeah, these are like the elite of the elite, right? The elite hacksaws. Exactly. And then you find out that there are a couple of teenage kids from <laughs> Oxford. 
Now, are these supposed to be the leaders? Or are these I don't just... know if they're... They're accused of being nope. one of the leaders. One of the leaders. Wow, 16-year-old. 16-year-old. Huh. And he's 16 now. Bear in mind, he was probably about 15 or 14 when he was committing these crimes a few years ago. Dude, how do you, how do you gain $14 million at 14 or 15 or 16 years old and like your parents aren't wondering where did this money come from? I mean, maybe they're not spending it. Maybe they're being wise or something and keeping the crypto coin out there, but come on, man, that's yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I had no idea. My child was running a criminal underground from the basement online games. Yeah. Yeah. And so, (laughs) you know, and these, these guys, they, they attack companies like Microsoft and Rockstar Games and um, Revolut and Uber and you know a whole bunch yeah. of them and uh, Okta even yes Okta there they, they yeah, are yeah yeah um, so you know and you know the, the, the thing is the trial started and what the, the the main guy he's sixteen and there's another one who's fifteen so he can't be named for legal reasons or something like that. Um, because he's a minor, um, and 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 the and the court case has started off by they're saying we're not asking you to, whether they're guilty or not guilty, but whether they did the did the act that they're accused of or didn't do the act they're accused of. Which I, I was talking to some people earlier, I was like, what's the difference? And they're like, well, I think it's like diminished responsibility or something like that, where you did it but you didn't realize that you were doing something so bad or what have you. So it might be a slap on the wrist, but I say give it two years, expect to see these young men on the speaker circuit getting paid to keynote at Black Hat, or not Black Hat, but you know, some of these major conferences and what have you. Um, I just think, you know, okay, joking aside, I think that the main thing is like how easy it is to get wrapped up when, when companies are getting hit, they think highly sophisticated, highly organized, whatever. And it's a couple of kids using tried and tested <laughs> techniques that everyone's been using for, for, for decades. It's social engineering, it's scraping passwords or brute forcing passwords or, yeah. um, or, or, or saying, oh, what patches haven't been applied? Let's, let's exploit those, those systems. And pretty much that's their entire arsenal. They, they wrap it up in different ways, but that's their entire arsenal. <laughs> so. Well, and then, you know what, I, I joke all the time and when I do, um, when I do presentations, I'm like, it's not the kids in the basement, you know, eating pizza and drinking Mountain Dew. And then it's the freaking kid in the basement drinking yeah. <laughs> drinking Mountain Dew and eating pizza, right? I'm like, damn it, man. He lives in his mom's house. Come on. Yeah. You know, could yeah. you be more stereotypical um, of the old school hackers? Well, that's what they're there for. That's but here we are, right? Just kind of throwing, throwing a, a, a wrench in my, uh, my discussion there. Well, your whole discussion is a wrench. Anyway, yeah. speaking of overhyped cycles, this last story is for you. Modern criminals turn to AI to bypass email security measures. Yeah, I'm getting a lot of questions about this. Okay, like what's AI going to do? How's it going to how's it going to impact this? What's going to happen? Oh my gosh, AI this, AI that. Okay. And I mean ultimately it's a great translation tool, it's all this kind of stuff. What got me on this story is they're they're blaming this 
on AI, or they're saying there's such a huge jump in AI, how can they tell, right? Do they, do they put it in the AI detectors and call it good? Cause you know, universities are trying to do that for like, um, papers and stuff like that. It's turning out. It doesn't work worth the damn. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, and, and so how are we determining this is actually AI done or enhanced, you know, um, oh, that reminds me. I wonder if they sit there at the screen and, and they're looking up there and they're going enhance, enhance, right? Is that is that what we do here? We're not yes, doing it with pictures anymore. It's fishing. That's here. exactly what we do. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's it's crazy. It's it's like those. You know, you make such a good point because it's like a few years ago when first the voice uh, a deep fake voice yeah, audience came out. Stuff, People yeah. said, "Oh, it was a deep fake voice call that convinced me to." It's like, how do you know? How do you prove that? It could be someone that just a, with a German accent that finds yeah, it's a voice a actor. Or, yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it could be anything or anyone, or it could be just someone in a in a in a tunnel or a noisy place, and so you can't really hear their voice properly. It's so so people are so quick to jump on on hype trains. Well, yeah, you know, and and even I think it was at RSA in twenty twenty. I think it was RSA twenty twenty. Um, you know, it, this this whole deep fake thing was all the rage. It was all deep fake this, deep fake that. And uh, there was one booth that their whole thing was, you know, we're here for call centers and we can detect AI if somebody calls in and they're pretending to be somebody to voice print. And, you know, we can detect whether it's AI or not. And I started asking them, there's a whole booth on this. And I'm like, how many things have actually been confirmed to be ai and they're like well there was that uh that deep fake tra funds transfer with the german guy and like 250k you know and i was like was that ever proven to be ai and he's like well no not really but it, it's going to be coming <laughs> <And I'm> like, <laughs> okay bro i i get that it's going to be coming part and i don't disagree with that i think at some point in time we are going to be dealing with this problem um but I don't think we're there now. And all of their hype was like, we can save you from this thing that's going on now. And I was like, man, snake oil, snake Invest oil. Invest real money now for a potential threat that may or may not occur within the next few years. It's like, do you remember like a few years ago, Google done a demo of one of their new assistants and it said like, hey, Google, book an book a appointment for me with the hairdressers. And it phoned up and it was a yeah. actual voice. And it was so much hype and crickets after that. No Here one heard are. a thing. No one heard a thing. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's, you know, when we're talking about stuff that's coming up and we're talking about um, different types of technology that are going to be in play, it's important to understand, think about it, put it in the back of your mind, maybe be aware of it. Like I said, I, I have no doubt that we are going to see attacks based on AI, whether it's deep fakes i mean i've seen proof of concepts where like on a zoom call it looks yeah. like the boss man okay cool whatever i've seen that as proof of concepts i haven't seen it ever actually being used and that was more in a you know in an environment that was more controlled right same with the voice stuff we're just not quite there yet uh, but i do think it's coming i really and truly do Yes. And I won't cut you off this week, but I was sent a really, really good deep fake uh, and it looks so convincing. So we'll end on that. I'll play that and then 
We'll see you all next week. Stay secure, my friends. It's raining. Hallelujah.